0: Go to thenextreel.com slash transistor and check it out.
1: Support our show and support your own show by going to the slash transistor. Start growing your podcast today.
2: It's showtime, folks.
0: Enjoy the show.
1: Fine, fine, fine Saturday matinee to you, Steve. Good morning. Good uh, <laughs> You need to wake up. You need to wake right up.
2: That that's that's my Saturday today.
1: Come, come on, you can't even. That is weak sauce. Yes, I have. You have had a, a crazy uh, week. You okay? You feeling okay, Dad? Yeah, I. Oh,
2: yeah, yes, I. So the yeah that that's the emotional roller coaster of delivering your oldest child yeah. to college is Aww. is exhausting and then when you combine that with the the delivery mechanism was a long road trip of 850 yeah. miles one way and then another 850 miles the way back it's that makes for a long week but we did Get to do one of the coolest things I have ever done at least in, a, in a very, very long that? time. We got to, we stopped off in uh, Santa Fe and visited Meow Wolf.
1: Talk about that.
2: Okay. Have you heard of what this thing is? No, I okay. did. You
1: posted this in Discord. Okay. I have no so idea what Meow this is. Meow
2: Wolf is a, uh, started off as a local collective of artists and they were doing unique like installations of art and i think it was oh maybe 5 years ago they did this grocery store that they opened in sort of a not downtown area not in the arts district they went sort of more you know suburban area and opened this grocery store but all the products inside were you know not real products but they promoted it and did commercials for products and everything and people walked into this grocery store thinking it was Oh, for this new, you know, local grocery store opening up, but you know, with unusual and bizarre products and it, you know, freaks people out, but they, they do this experiential art. So Meow Wolf that they have there in Santa Fe now, uh, George R.R. R. Martin helped support them, uh, bought this bowling alley that was no longer in use. And it's, uh, what is it? 20,000 square foot experience. And you walk in and it is, uh, there's this house. And as you walk into the house, they, they tell you that you can pick up and touch everything. Just please put put it back where it was. And there's a story. There's a family and the father was sort of involved in paranormal research and astral projection and something goes wrong. And you learn about this by, oh, look, on the coffee table, there's his like planner. And you can flip through and see appointments and, and notes. And then there's a newspaper and all these other artifacts that you can pick up and read. And you walk around and it seems like a house with family and maybe some unusual things happen because dad is astral projecting. And then you can go into the kitchen, open the refrigerator, and there's this hallway inside the refrigerator. And you walk down this hallway and all of a sudden you're in the control room of some type of interstellar transport and you can go to other rooms and you then enter just this most unique and bizarre artistic hands-on experience there's musical instruments one room has a laser harp so there's laser beams as you pass your hands through and there's just strange rooms there's there's rooms that are just really quiet like oh you can sit here and everything's sort of upholstered with like weird shag carpeting and fur or there's one room where it's very cartoonish everything is painted black and white, and you just wander around through these different rooms and have this unique experience of all these things that all these artists have created for you to play with and interact with. I'm
1: watching the Welcome to Meow Wolf video, uh, as you say this, and it's silent, and you're describing things as they're going by, and I still have a hard time believing it exists. That is bananas. So there, it's...
2: Extremely. I almost fu- regret that I've watched this video. Like, oh, it's I, it, I, it it barely. Barely scratches I feel the surface. Spoiled, though, oh like, no. totally spoiled. Oh no, because I I'd seen it, but going there is completely different. Uh they are going to be opening one in Denver, I think, next year, and the year after that another one in Las Vegas, but each is gonna have a different theme. I know the Vegas one is gonna be called Area 15, and apparently we'll have more you know, specifically UFO sci-fi yeah. piece. Whereas the one in New Mexico is called the House of Eternal Returns. Uh, <laughs> it is you. You walk out of there feeling like you just walked out of Alice in Wonderland because it is just truly an immersive <laughs> and unique experience. So I, I highly recommend to anyone that makes their way through Santa Fe to stop off and visit Meow Wolf because it is it's taking art to the next level. It's it's truly an experiential process and we spent about two hours there and still did not get through the full experience because there is this whole story and yeah there you in the kids rooms there's like their journals and there's so much stuff to get through so there's the mystery of the family there's what happens with you know this weird interstellar organization and wormholes or something so there's multiple stories that sort of interconnect and to really get to all of it, it's it reminded me very much of the uh, alternate reality game, The Beast, that was associated mm-hmm. with with AI, where it's like there's this there's a huge thing that a lot of people put together, and it's going to take a lot of time to figure it all out because there there's so many every little thing in the house. My daughter pointed out that oh, did you notice in the fa- in the dining room area there were these little plates and there's a there's something on the plates, and that design element appeared in multiple places throughout different sort of rooms in the house and sort of in the other dimensions or whatever you, you go into. So she said they, they really threaded a lot of things together that if you don't pay attention, you will miss. It, it's not going to diminish your experience, but it does add a little bit to it if you really take your time and pay attention to all the details.
1: That is fantastic. Well, I'm
2: looking at the Denver opening night gala. If you would like to attend
1: the opening night gala in uh, 2020, it'll cost you a thousand dollars, which is that's the the presale price. Yes. It will go up. If you would just like to go ahead and say, "I want a lifetime pass," that's ten
2: grand. <laughs> that's serious. <laughs> that's, that's life. Well, admission. For us, it's just like fifty bucks. It was it was, it was, like that it was tw- like it. it's twenty five dollars for, oh, for a duds. Um yeah. So, you know, the cost of, you know, going to the movies, buying popcorn and you know, yeah, a few other things. And to know that you're supporting the arts was was the big that thing. You are really supporting the arts. That's yes. what we're saying in oh. Denver if you pay ten grand. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I, you it are. doesn't look like you can get a lifetime pass in Santa Fe. No, I think uh, that
2: I, looks like a special thing. <laughs> I think it's probably something they're doing to get those initial, you know, startup costs yeah, covered. Right, you know, right. you buy, sort of, you know, there's your Kickstarter for you. You're going to, you're going to totally. buy in ahead and help fund this thing to get it going. But it, that was sort of my cinematic experience for the week. Uh, so I'm, I'm still, still recovering because there's so many, moments that just resonated with me that there there were soundscapes in there that that keep coming back into my head just certain images that, that just really stick with me so that's yeah that, that's the highlight of my week that's fantastic yeah. well i i haven't really seen much in
1: like weeks because uh you know we had family in town and all the complications or not complications the obligations that come with family in town and then this week i've been renovating my kids bedrooms uh, with lots of painting and furniture building and I just haven't haven't been out and so uh, plus I have been desperately trying to finish this season of the magicians I have one episode left uh, but I'm watching it with my daughter and she she works more often than I do her job is more demanding than my own. <laughs>
2: like no no, no that's, just that's no, no. you gotta sit down and watch this dad i have to work no I you don't to go i gotta work. we gotta yeah. finish this episode
1: <laughs> well you'd be proud right because we've been talking about her and her hunger games camp yes. and in fact she's now a counselor there so uh she's teaching uh first and second graders <laughs> one shot one kill uh, techniques and <laughs> and uh you know how to subsist on the entrails of animals and you know it's a special thing
2: the revolution will begin in the Pacific Northwest.
1: <laughs> it will. It will. Oh, uh, so this uh, this week things get back to normal, and I am very excited to get back into the theater because I've missed too much.
2: You you did get so. to see Mission Impossible. You did. Oh do no! That. You know I saw that twice. Yeah. Oh okay. No. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> that's
2: right. Because that's, that's I right. think the the yeah. big one. People have been asking me. Oh, you know, I there's it's summer. What should I see? You have to go see Mission Impossible. Go go see that if you're going to go do something to get out of the heat here in Arizona, make sure you, you've you seen that one. So that and when I get a sense of what they really like, I, I am pushing a lot of people toward eighth grade as well, but not everybody, because there's some people that just look at me and go, I'm you know a 40-year-old man i'm not going to go watch 8th grade by myself that seems weird
1: yeah i know but it's so good steve
2: oh i yes it is even for a 40-year-old man <laughs> i said you will connect with it like you, it's why yeah, would i watch a watch movie it, about an 8th grade for... girl yeah
1: i'll uh, so tell you why because the 8th grade girl has a father whose performance is amazing yes that is true it is amazing. So yeah, I uh, those those two are, are highlights for very, very different reasons. For Mission Impossible, the second time I saw it, I, I really it, I found myself thinking this is this is great. I really enjoy this movie. It's it is fantastic. It is an adrenaline rush. It's I, I can't tell if I get more joy out of the movie itself or out of knowing that Tom Cruise is, you know, a fifty six year old freight train who's doing all this stuff himself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh it's if you take take the major action sequences out of the movie and what's left <laughs> like what, 5 minutes? I could make yeah. that a rhetorical question, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, so I, I yeah. deeply enjoyed that movie because yeah. it, it is a movie about action sequences. That's what yeah. it's supposed to be this summer, and, oh, yeah. and that's great. Uh, and uh, that's it, it doubles down on everything that Mission Impossible, the franchise, is in cinema, the cinematic universe, yes. uh, the MICU. In terms of what it is, this was the best version of it for me. Oh, also, by, by far, yes. Yeah, yeah. So th- it was great. Totally worth seeing. Worth seeing twice. I enjoyed it going to go jump out of airplanes.
2: <laughs> no, don't don't even, jump out of airplanes. Even I can't say don't, that. Don't straight jump face. across buildings. Don't you know? No. drive oh, your God, motorcycles never jump across buildings. No, no.
1: shimmy Christmas. That's the worst. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't fall off a rope. You know, he he. In the, he, I'm sure you've watched some of the the interviews now. Yes. Right. The stunt behind the scenes. Stuff. Oh yeah. You know, watching him talk about that helicopter stunt, which was amazing, having him fall off that rope. Yes. Catch the net. And then climb up the rope again. And here he says, you know, man, that was a tough day. I had to climb that rope a lot. And I'm thinking just climbing the rope once yeah. would have been an absolute feat <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's like, a day. That's literally it. Literally supporting my own weight yeah. on the rope. Like, let's just say I don't even have to climb it. I just have to hold on. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: That that would have been a str-
2: Edge. Right, you just need to hold yourself for thirty seconds on this rope. Uh, yeah. Okay, no. can I get my stunt you know double? What? Yeah,
1: I know it's a movie. <laughs> I am just gonna let go. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Well, we should talk uh, trailers because, speaking of, it was it felt like kind of a tough uh, week for trailers.
2: Oh my, yes, this was. There is. There is sometimes I look at. Was there anything? Are there any trailers? Is there anything new that is actually? Not just garbage that's out there. Can can you sift through to find something redeeming out there in the trailers? And I, I think we did a pretty decent job this week.
1: I have to say, I think we did. And and it took me a long time to land on mine, but I am very pleased I did. And I haven't even heard of yours. Uh, do you want to start?
2: Sure. I, I had not heard about this, but it was one that I said, well, let me just give this a look. See... What this is, because everything else wasn't getting me anywhere. And as I watched this trailer, I thought, this is unexpected. This is all about Nina, which is about a stand up comedian whose career is, is starting to take off and she moves out to L.A. Her personal life is a bit of a disaster and she meets a guy and it's, it's really a a character piece about Nina, uh, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead and the man she meets out there in LA is common, really compelling. I think character study here. Uh, this is the first feature film from writer director Eva Vivas. I'm going to pronounce it and I may be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, this just as i watched the trailer i thought this is one of these unexpected discoveries these are the types of movies jj and i love to discover on trailer rewind uh oh so you're planting mm-hmm. this is a plant but <laughs> that, that's you're what, planting yes. your own pick for oh, trailer rewind. I, of course <laughs> this is one that i hope to because i will for, because this was so under the radar i will forget about this six months from now and then it'll show up on streaming and i'll Wow, how did I forget this because this is a movie that is not <laughs> it was your own pick. It was my own pick and that's I'm setting myself up because this is not a film you look at and say, "Oh, this is going to be, you know, really big opening weekend." No, this is going to just sort of stumble around, open small, and some people will see it and they'll probably discover it on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime down the road. But these are these films that I I really enjoy and for me particularly stand-up comedian when it is, we've, in our house have had lots of discussions about the challenges for women in the field of comedy and that it seems that the route that a lot of them have had to take is, I really need to be vulgar because that's what is going to get attention. Whereas you've got g- guys can do like cleaner comedy and it can be really successful for the women. It seems they really need to go raunchy and, and vulgar to get the attention and the laughs. Because if they play it clean, it's like, oh, she's a nice girl. That's not going to get them the attention and the fame Mm -hmm. in that industry. So this one, I'm, I'm really interested. Just Mary Elizabeth Winstead is one of these. I really enjoy her work. I think she is really selective in the films that she does, but I'm always really impressed with what she delivers, whether it's, you know, crazy things like, you know, Scott Pilgrim or the trailer rewind Jay Giant did Faults, which is just a really small, like two character piece intensive. Uh, crazy sci-fi-ish film. I mm-hmm. uh, just love her in the, in the things she does. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Me too. And you know,
1: I'll tell you, Common, uh, I was super impressed just with him in this trailer. And I I, I feel like he's a guy I've, I've sort of written off as an actor. And then you start looking at his credits as an actor yes he's he is pretty amazing and every movie that he's in i find i say the same thing you know that common he's gonna be something he's already really something like he does some great stuff i love seeing him in this kind of a movie it is a different kind of movie and it it looks like when you look at the stuff that he's got in post-production uh stuff that's completed not yet yet released uh it's it's just fantastic i'm Deeply looking forward to the Hate You Give. Uh, he's in that one. Um, he's he's just got a lot of really interesting stuff going on, uh, and and he's one of those interesting actors where he doesn't like when he's interviewed. He doesn't convey a whole lot of personality, but his performances are uh, tend to be um, I, I think really strong. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see this one. Excited to see what they what they do and what he does opposite of. Oh Mary, I like her so much. <laughs>
2: She's on your list of, of of girlfriends you never met yet. Is that yeah? Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Yeah. Well, since Scott Pilgrim, yeah. So anyway, I think it's great. I can't wait to see it. When's it open? It opens. Well, it premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival back in April, and it is opening September twenty eighth, and currently has a star ranking on IMDb of seven point eight, which is very promising and you beat me by point three yes i know i'm very excited about my trailer too
1: and mostly because i get to talk to you about it in particular (laughs) you're just spiteful not at all doesn't this look funny i'm talking of course about the trailer for arizona a new comedy thriller and it feels like um, the trailer makes me think of the Coen brothers. It makes me think of Lebowski, uh, even though I don't, not as crazy about Lebowski, but this sort of Lebowski and, um, uh, uh you got a panty on your head. What was it? <laughs> uh, the, there, there's just a lot of that sort of tone in this movie. Uh, it stars, uh, Danny McBride and, uh, uh, Elizabeth Gillies. Uh, I there's another yeah. one I don't know how to pronounce uh, one of my favorite uh women in comedy uh I'm who who am I kidding she's one of my favorite people in comedy just Across the board, Caitlin Olsen uh, is in this movie, Rosemary DeWitt, Luke Wilson, David Allen Greer, uh, Travis Hammer. This is a fantastic cast set in the midst of the 2009 housing crisis. This darkly comedic story follows Cassie Fowler, a single mom and struggling realtor whose life goes off the rails when she witnesses a murder. It is... I I found myself just really chuckling at this trailer this morning. It was a redeeming light in a dark search for trailers to talk about on this show. I can't believe I haven't heard of it, and I just can't wait to see it. Uh, how did it strike you? Do you get the same vibe?
2: Yes, exactly. And I'm I'm puzzled by the description because it you said it's a comic story that follows Cassie Fowler, a single mom and struggling realtor. But the trailer really presents this as... Danny McBride, and they're really playing up his character and his oh, sure does, his yeah. his story of dealing with the recession and and all that. But I so I think that's the challenge with this trailer is it's presented as Danny McBride vehicle, and that may not be what we get. But for me, there are still enough humorous moments in this trailer to know that this is going to carry. Those, that darkly comic side. And if it is focusing on the mom as the realtor and the struggles, you know, of living through that sort of you know, financial crisis, it's, it's a different movie. It's not going to be the laugh out loud rolling on the floor comedy, but it's going to be one of these nice dark comedies that has something interesting to say and, and poking at what was going on in in 2009 and just remind us of how crazy things things were at that time and it's Arizona it's set in a fictional Arizona town which is fine and they probably yes there that is not
1: is it really though really
2: Well, I can tell you it's, it's filmed in a fictional Arizona, time because nobody shoots movies in Arizona. So even though this is called Arizona, <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee you it was probably shot in New Mexico or California, not Arizona at all. Yes, I see. filming location, Santa Clarita, California. There, there you, you go. go. So let's <laughs> one more strike for Arizona. Let's mock you in this film and, again, point out to everyone, nobody shoots in Arizona because we are not a film-friendly state
1: actually. oh that's sad
2: it, You've it, is. Here. it is it uh, is but well this one uh
1: is a 7.5 on the imdb richter scale when is this uh, when, when i
2: when am i going to be able to go out and see arizona here in arizona I, you'll probably have to go to California to see it. It's uh, it opened. It, it actually
1: cruised through Sundance uh, in in January of this year. Um, it it's hits the Fantasia International Film Festival for our Canadian friends, or it actually already did uh, just a couple of weeks ago, thirty first of July. So uh, if you're in Canada and you've seen this movie, let us know how it is. And it opens in the United States ah, in a couple of days, August twenty fourth. Uh, so it doesn't look like it's going to be opening wide, but we'll see. Those are the only release dates listed, and in this kind of proximity, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get to see it.
2: Maybe streaming only, but I, it looks like something that's worth seeing. So it, it, the perfect people pick.
1: who have seen it like it.
2: <laughs> yes, and if it, it doesn't hit a wide release, we may you know just throw this into an upcoming trailer rewind because yeah. this is this is one that it, it, again that's why I love doing these trailer picks for these smaller films to come back and revisit them and say hey this was really worth checking out you probably completely missed this but check it out it is yeah. it's better than you I, thought
1: you know i've i've heard uh, people say that arizona is the eighth grade of the 2009 housing crisis so
2: <laughs> that's that's really wow i didn't i didn't take, know take that yeah. for
1: what it's worth
2: <laughs> let's do lists oh okay this was, oh, Andy, yeah, Andy and I. I had wasn't to, here. You're yeah, gonna, you're uh, going to need to, to oh, defend this. I well, when when you're dealing with i love when you guys do a like franchise or extended series but it just makes the list a nightmare because we're not going to do monkey movies because you've got like (laughs) what seven of these things coming up so we've got to hedge our bets and say okay what can we do that's not going to just totally hobble us for for the next few weeks so how do we create some variety some alternate choices for this how can what 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 else is going on in this film so we we said all right let's let's come up with something that we can talk about for planet of the apes and we ended up i think this our final category that one was far ahead of everything else and so this was social commentary in genre films which i love because when you are in a, a genre that allows you to tell a story it was one of the things i love about you know Star Trek, you know, the original Star Trek, as Gene Roddenberry said, I'm gonna I'm gonna do things, I'm gonna say things, I'm gonna point out some of the issues in society today, but I'm abstracting it into a science fiction realm so it's not abundantly clear that I'm picking on something specific or really directly. But if you learn how to read between the lines, you can you can see what I'm saying about things. And so that's where we went with Planet of the Apes and This is this is the list we are set with. I'm looking forward to your Woody Allen pick that you're going to have on your list.
1: I'm I'm going to go ahead and lay it out, (laughs) Steve. No, I've I've let go of that. (laughs) I know you and Andy haven't, but I just need it out there. I I think I'm done. I, I'm not. I tried. I actually tried this week, and I thought, you know, I don't want to. Yeah.
2: Well, it, it, the other option it, we could have ended up with talking animals. That was our second runner-up. Yeah. Live action talking animal movies, uh, because we knew that we're, we're going to need to bank that. Yeah. I think for the last movie in the series. <laughs> yes. When we've totally run out of ideas. And the, okay. the third option well, was third option was twist endings, but that you know. Again, I think, I think our, uh, fans here picked social commentary because everybody knows there, there's going to be no surprises with twist endings. Talking animals live action doesn't really, you know, there's not a whole lot there. So I think I'm hoping we had, we don't have a lot of steals this week dealing with social commentary through genre films. Because for me, there's a, a lot of really good films out there that they can fall into this category. So I'm, I'm happy to. You know, with, with I, I had a feeling you would yeah. be, uh, this seems like a
1: category right up your alley, and yeah. uh, since this is your, uh, this is kind of where you live, uh, Sensei, I hope you will teach me uh, the ways, <laughs> teach me
2: the ways of uh, film uh, interpretation, uh, and you okay. will start. Okay, so I am going to start with one that saw in theaters, and this was, uh, I don't know. I love science fiction films And I always love walking into something new And so in 2009 There was this South African filmmaker That released a movie called District 9 And I was thrilled with this But as I continued to watch the story I was just completely surprised with The fact that this wasn't just Oh, here's a, you know, we're using CGI We're doing some practical stuff It's this whole thing about Aliens here on Earth this is going to be fun. There's ridiculous amounts of violence in this, but that there was so much more about racial tensions when you have an alien race that is here on Earth, but then ends up being you know sort of cast aside and living in these like slum-like conditions as these these outsiders that are just you know taken advantage of, you know, not treated as humans. And to know that this is coming from a film like you're out of South Africa, I thought this is r- a really interesting story for him to be taking on, drawing on what he has experienced and seen in his country, and to craft this really compelling sci-fi story that stands alone on, you know, stands alone really well. But to see this whole other theme and story through here about what does it mean to, when we create people As others and separate ourselves that we can be really cruel and inhuman to them when we sort of isolate them, give them their own space and say, you are different and separate from us. We, you know, basically dehumanize them. And that's what we see happening here in District 9.
1: Well, Steve,
2: that's a steal. (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's it's a, a it's, it's a incredible steal. I totally agree with you. Using aliens to comment on you know remaining post-apartheid struggles in South Africa and you know just a generalized cultural fear of immigration. Uh, it not only talks about you know South Africa, but it's something that can talk to so many other places in the world. It's a film you can immediately relate to, as a result of you know using science fiction to uh, as the the window through which we view um, these issues. And so I thought it was a fantastic film and neil blomkamp i'm i'm very excited about um, his work in general even though i haven't seen anything that he's done that that quite lives up to what i i got out of district 9 no,
2: i i agree i think that's the the struggle that he is dealing with right now is you know came out of the gate with this and you know, followed up with Elysium and Chappie and is still living in that sci-fi realm, but just hasn't captured that lightning in a bottle again with something that just yeah. works well. But he he does have – he's doing some online stuff on YouTube. He's doing these short films that are really strong, really solid. And he's just sort of playing around there on YouTube uh, on his channel that I – we'll point you to to just check out some of the shorts he's got one with Sigourney Weaver in it he's just sort of living in that free area where free of you know the financial expectations of a you know big tentpole release uh, gives him the room to experiment I think maybe rediscover his roots a little bit and just focus on can I tell a really good story really well and can mm-hmm. I do it with some really cool effects so he's he's playing around online so I'd recommend checking that out
1: well my first pick is actually my backup pick and you've already mentioned it I, I wanted to pick Elysium uh, as a backup <laughs> if you pick district nine uh, and, and I yeah. have a reason okay uh, because you know what we got with district nine was you know for the savvy viewer you you get that the cultural stuff is coming through you get that the that the social commentary is coming through but if you just watch the movie you don't you don't have to right Elysium comes back and it wears the cultural commentary Commentary so heavily on its sleeve, right? The, the um, you know the wealthy, the poor, uh, the you know the tenement districts on Earth, and the beautiful you know um, med chambers in your room, kind in your own room, kind of ring in the sky, uh, signifying wealth and affluence, and the separateness of these two worlds uh, is. It is like the the narrative is the cultural commentary, and I think that's part of the reason that people uh, who didn't like the movie um, didn't like the movie, because it was so heavy-handed – in the statement, it was trying to make uh, that it comes across as as more of an advocacy film, right? That you, you're going to get the point that I'm trying to make here, come hell or high water. And uh, I think that's that's one of the things for me that that makes one of these movies really work is just how um, cleverly or subtly they're able to make the statement not get in the way of the narrative of the film. Um, And and this is a movie where I actually enjoyed Elysium. I thought it was great. I think it is worth being above the six stars on the IMDb Richter scale, but only slightly. Uh, It's currently coming in at 6.6. I I enjoyed the experience. I thought Matt Damon was good. Uh, I had fun in that movie, but the people I talked to about it, uh, you know, many of them don't agree, and I can see why
2: yeah that's a film that i want to love so much but it continues to just always fall short of fully realizing like the potential that is there uh and i i try to always visit each movie sort of separate from the you know like i want to go to elysium separate from district nine i this is a separate project. Let me take this is what it is on its own. I shouldn't bring right. my expectations. Right, does it
1: succeed at <clears throat> doing what it's trying right. to do?
2: Yes, and and it's it's entertaining. It's it is enjoyable, but it I fe- felt like I I do give him credit for reaching for something big, and you can fall short, but at least having the ambition to keep keep reaching big for him, mm-hmm. and that's what I I really enjoy about Elysium. Yeah, it's. There's there's lots of, you know, as Andy will say, there's lots of things to have quibbles about, but this is one that I think you can still just put on, and it, it's a, an enjoyable film. Definitely. Yeah, yes. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, so, uh,
1: there you go. So, we've yeah. got a
2: couple of Camp things in yeah. our position three. Yeah. Where, where are you going from there? Okay. Oh. It's hard to see. I you say position three, like I'm ranking these and I, I sort oh, of you're am. Ranking them. Yeah. Oh gosh. Mm, okay. No, you're ranking them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So no, I think. that's a countdown. <laughs> okay. So my next one's probably going to be another steal. I'm hoping. Um, this one I'm going with the Netflix original from just this past year. Uh, I enjoyed this. It, it just touched the inner teenager adolescent within me to take a, you know, urban gritty urban cop drama and throw in elves and orcs into it i'm talking about <laughs> bright which so many people have so many issues with but i just love this film so much it is it just runs 110 percent with this concept of it's la but there's orcs and there's fairies and there's elves and all that dungeons and dragons nerdery going on but it's just a cop buddy movie and it it knows what it is and embraces it 100 percent, and i love it for that and the the piece that works really well is the whole class system of you've got the elves that are like the really elite hollywood you know moneyed you know power brokers up there and then the orcs are basically your your social outcasts that's your you know your your gangs your thugs they're the ones that have been just you know kicked and cast aside and you've got will smith is this cop who has an orc as a partner because of a diversity program and so he's dealing with these issues of i've got this social outcast that wants to be a police officer and i've got to deal with this and just it it works so well for me i just really enjoyed it i haven't seen it what this is like in your
1: wheelhouse. What is it is totally in my wheelhouse and I don't know I, I honestly I can't explain it. Uh well I maybe I can't explain it. I it came out and there were people who immediately went and watched it, people who I trust, and they did not have as glowing a commentary about the film as you do. And so I kind of put it on the back burner and I'm starting to regret that, Steve. <laughs> You're one of those people I also trust, and I feel like I need to go watch it, like take a break from the show and go watch it right now.
2: Oh, yeah. This is what it's a perfect Saturday afternoon thing to just sit down and watch. And I think as long as you have measured expectations and know that, yeah, there's it's not Oscar, you know, contender of like, wow, this is groundbreaking. But to know what it is and have fun with it, Joel Edgerton as the sidekick uh i he, i didn't recognize him i mean he just really morphs into this orc and then you've got numi in here as this elf and there's magic and oh so many great you're you're gonna you're gonna love this one i'm i'm yeah, so this feels like something i, I want to fly up there sit down and watch this with you and just <laughs> well actually watch you watching this to see how you how you react to this one
1: well i'm gonna put it on the list thank you for okay. that this is i want to go back in time a little bit to 1988 oh. uh, and uh, we're going to talk about the most expensive anime film of its time that is akira which was a big flop in japan when it released but it became a massive uh, cult favorite here at the time probably because it was harder to get a uh, manga here or these these sort of anime films here and so it felt like a cherished thing. At least that's what it was like uh, in my neighborhood. When somebody got a hold of one of these uh, videos, it was it was a big deal. Oh, and yeah. We all sat down and watched it until the the tape broke. Um, and but this one is a story about that that deals with uh, our feelings about young and old and trusting systems and systems that are breaking for an entire generation. You know, do we trust the medical system? Do we trust the sci- scientific community? Can youth Trust age, and uh, can youth trust the systems that the the older generations have put in place uh, to supposedly support them? And uh, I think that that makes this a a really interesting uh, movie, and it's it is beautiful, uh, and uh, it, you know it's one of those that I'm. I, I'm sitting in this little bubble where I am very glad that it has not yet been made into a live action, uh, live action film, even though the, you know, rights have been passed on to, um, you know, to, I, I think, uh, uh, I'm trying, trying to figure out who bought it originally. Um do, do, do. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers bought it in 2002, and they've had a very difficult time trying to get it actually produced. And I think that's okay. Uh, take your time, kids. Take your time.
2: Well, you, you let's. You know who's attached to it, right? You know who's the latest well, name. That's. That, I don't know who is the latest name. So the latest name attached to possibly directing this, um, and the latest update I see is uh, from. April of 2018, so there's still hope, there's still promise for Taika Waititi to bring oh, okay. us a, a live-action yeah. <laughs> Akira, and I see a screen rant headline from June 16th that says uh, Akira live-action movie recruits Infinity Wars art director. So, this is one is still, fingers crossed, hope this happens i think because
1: yeah if if yeah. this happens but yeah, again yeah. take your time kids yes Let's do this right although yes. taika waititi has an awful lot of credibility after thor ragnarok yes for, he does and, oh, and yeah. obviously a big was a big fan leading up to that but uh that he can do these big budget uh these big budget sort of transformations uh, and and take an entire franchise in what feels like a new direction tonally. Uh, I I feel m- more confident. Let's say that he's he's a guy who could make this happen. So,
2: here's hoping. Okay. Yeah. You know. There you go. What do you think? Uh, no. Akira, that's a, What's
1: what's your memory of
2: Akira? You know, I remember watching that. Ah, oh, gosh, it must have been maybe between high school and college seeing that because it was one of those rumored things of like oh you got to see this this is this crazy cartoon you've got to watch this weird you know cartoon. and watching it and then being very entertained and then felt like what did somebody put in my popcorn because the end of this movie just goes bonkers yes. like crazy and i thought i got what you were saying and now I have no idea what is going on. I have never seen anything <laughs> like this. What? Yeah. Let me watch this again. Oh no, I really in- enjoyed this. This was you know sort of the first, you know, anime manga type film I'd seen, so I was like cartoons those are for kids. Oh, oh no, they're not. Nice, uh, and just no, had was- had a really good time and have sort of waited and watched to see if we get a live action version of this because I'm I'm glad it's something that's happening now rather than 10 years ago, just so that you can capture that insanity very realistically. You know, that was the the great thing about anime with films like this. You can do all these crazy things. You can do it in an animated world and, and take, let that animation imagination run wild. Trying to capture that live action, you know, before you have the technology to really do it ends up with all kinds of disasters. So I'm cautiously optimistic That they can capture sort of what made that film really work and translate Mm -hmm. that into live action. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that, that, you know, bringing it to a new audience. Yes. A new young audience to experience this. I, too. I I guess I'm with you. Cautiously optimistic.
1: There we go. Uh, What's your uh, what's your final? Your most important, your top
2: super duper favorite pick on this list Steve. there there were so there were so many that uh could have been added to this list because as i said there there. i love when films sort of tread in this ground but when it comes down to it the one that that completely caught me off guard when i saw it in theaters because i wasn't expecting it i'm going in just i'm going to watch this fun little movie with legos and and then <laughs> oh, all of a sudden it turns into this whole thing about when you've got the, the, the master creators and you've got, you know, Will Ferrell is this dad who's like this strict rule follower of like, no, you've got to like do it by the plans. You can't be making your own thing with this that it was designed for this purpose. And it got in this whole issue about copyright and then you know you know free use and public domain and what you you know can you do something and use something just as it's intended or can the creative community take that and modify it to make something new out of it and i thought what are you doing this is (laughs) thank you Thank you to, 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 to brainwashing a young generation into knowing that, hey, you can be creative. You can think outside the box. Just because the instructions say do this with it doesn't mean you can't have ideas that are unique in your own and, and take things and sort of sculpt them to your needs. And I did not expect to walk out of, out of this movie with that. I was just going with my kids like, yeah. We all love Legos and you've got a great, you know, entertaining cast and this is you've got, you know, all all the different sort of cinematic universes that can interact. You've got Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Batman and all that stuff going on in Lego universe. That's fun because the cost of trying to pull that off in live action is, is ridiculous and that they could do that and then say something important and meaningful and to me very valuable to a young generation to get them to start thinking about this was just, was this right at the top of my list.
1: I am very frustrated that I didn't think of this very first, Steve. What an incredible pick. This movie was transformational for me, that I'm sitting in this this movie about these, just this wacky universe of Lego characters, and I was completely bamboozled by the end. Like, it was, it hit me out of, Absolute left field and was so deeply rewarding uh, that, uh, no, it, you're right. It is at the very top of the list. What a great, great pick.
2: What, what's what's there at the pinnacle of your mountain?
1: I, I also struggle with this. I, I struggled because I, it was so easy to find horror movies that, that you know, truck in this Area. i mean all pretty much if there are zombies in it it's social commentary uh <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah uh you know and, and george romero gets it twice because he puts zombies in malls twice and yeah. tells different social stories about both of them yes uh which is amazing uh i wanted to talk about the purge uh because there's a massive uh, social story in in the whole purge series and that social story is different in all of the purge movies even if you don't like the Purge movies. Uh, of course, there's Avatar, seems low-hanging fruit, Hunger Games. We talked about so many movies that, that kind of truck in this vein. I want to, uh, I, but but I really wanted to stay out of uh, horror because it's not kind of my home turf. So I, I, I wanted to talk about a movie that feels a little bit divisive, but uh, was generally incredibly high quality for me. And that is 2013 Spike Jonze film, Her, which... I think uh, approached, um, uh, you know, relationships and sex and our relationship with computers, uh, with technology uh, in such a way that allowed it to tell a story and twist our understanding of what it means to have a relationship with an artificial uh, device, with an artificial intelligence uh, in a way that was unique uh, and um, uh, you know, a story that we already sort of know where it's going because we've seen this story before, but to do it in a way that was fresh, uh, and and free us of some of the tropes that that we we get otherwise. On top of the fact, it was a beautiful movie to watch. I think Spike Jones has a. a, a terrific eye a, a fantastic use of color uh and uh th- that made it just vibrant and rich and beautiful and joaquin phoenix and scarlett johansson make a, a a beautiful couple even though we never actually see her so i i really loved this movie and uh i for for my catalog of films that uh you know that mean something to me this this one was an important one uh, so what do you think what do you think about her
2: haven't seen it because I just, I really, I really struggle with movies where it's, I don't, it it's the curb and Enth- curb your enthusiasm issue. I have where it's just really uncomfortable to watch like people that are just, I have a certain type where it's like, you can just watch It's like, I'm going to show you like the most pathetic person ever. And I'm going to put you in their life. And I'm like, I don't want that because it's like, too too much it's too it hurts me too much to watch somebody where it's just so much being put on them they're this person struggling in life and things don't go their way and they're this miserable person the person that you would ignore the person that you don't you know you don't want to be that guy uh everybody's living a lot of this in their life it's like things go wrong and you're miserable i why do i want to spend two hours with this guy of who is so disconnected that he can't relate to people. He's falling in love with a a computer, you know, operating system and, and what that says about people's inability to connect with each other. I'm like, where's the redemption for him and i i need to watch it to see that but i don't know that i want to go on that journey with him because it's just Steve, so you got to go on that journey with oh, okay. him come on man.
1: you've <laughs> got to do that you got because you are you are painting a picture of a movie that does not exist okay <laughs> there is there there is uh, much more to it than that uh, and and I think it's uh, I think it's one that is worth seeing and the performances are terrific you know Amy Adams and I, it was just it's just great it's a great uh, collection of folks and Spike Jones is a um, you know is a visionary uh, director and I think it's it's worth seeing oh, for I, those reasons yeah
2: I love everybody attached to this I, like this is something that I Want to enjoy and have fun with, but the subject, the story is starts off in a place where I'm like, why do I want to start off depressed and, and mopey? I I don't know.
1: All right. It's the eighth grade of artificial uh, intelligence relationship movies. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think of our list here? I, I think this was pretty good. I think we did a,
2: a, a really nice job of a, a nice variety, and I also tried to stay away from the horror genre because, yeah, it, it is it's it's too easy uh we we yeah. did lean a little heavy on the sci-fi because that's the other place where you're gonna find yeah. this uh, and I know if Andy were here he would have just he might have his sci-fi list and his horror list and something else oh yeah he would yeah. have sub but, but so, yes. nested list yes exactly but no yeah. this is a we covered a, a wide range of films and this is uh I think a, most of these people have seen though I think this is a good reminder but hopefully getting them to revisit and rethink what these movies are, yeah. are telling. What's, what's the subtext that's in there? What is that meaningful message that is there buried in that story? So you can be entertained, but give you something to think about and have a conversation with a friend about after watching.
1: it. Now we move on to our next week list. Uh, the movie we are going to be talking about is Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And so our list is, again, something related to apes
2: maybe i no no because you've got like how many more you can't you can't pigeonhole yourself with apes you got to i know, we, I know. You, and it's been a long time since i've seen this one so if i just go with beneath then movies taking place in basements <laughs> things underground <laughs> cuz there is an underground city or something in this one cuz you've got Some other civilization or colony or something. That's why we're beneath the Planet of the Apes. So, subterranean (laughs) civilizations, maybe?
1: Subterranean. You know, you had me at subterranean civilizations. Yes. Okay. Subterranean civilizations. uh, That's a good one. There is, you know, we introduce a new character in Beneathia. We have sort of a warlord character, uh, you know. uh, Maybe there's uh, something in um, in the... uh, warlord category. Okay. Uh, cinematic
2: warlords. How about that? There we go. All right. Uh, that's a good choice. And uh, let's see. Then my IMDB plot keywords is not going to help me at all because that's just... <laughs> ape planet astronaut survivor.
1: Oh, oh Underground City. They the, got us. Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, the soul black character dies cliche. Okay. Well, there's no... <laughs> spoiler alert there for people uh kicked in the stomach there we go oh excellent oh how about good versus evil or cheering uh so Uh, this this is crying out loud so this is the you've got the sort of like the telepathic people under underground right That's our. that's what this one is that's the whole underground okay that's right that's right the mole people the mole people
1: oh there's it. here's one hanging upside down i'm telling you imdb keywords are
2: choice <laughs> how about we oh church organs church. <laughs> <laughs> movies with church organs. is there is is there like some type of nuclear like threat don't they yes. have like some so is but is? oh here's one okay See, this is a good so they they
1: you know in the end of the movie they worship a nuclear bomb right mm-hmm. there's the whole uh worshiping of the um of, of the what, thing the, that will
2: ultimately destroy you. uh What what is that? I don't know. Um, that's so. So we've got like the future civilization that's worshiping like ancient technology, or or the destructive destructive technology. Yeah, yeah. Because the
1: whole oh oh you know what it is at the uh, there's the the we have to do the world ends movies. Oh okay. Like, end of the world. End movies. of the world movies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the big that's the big twist. Spoiler, okay. everybody! They blow up the planet.
2: <laughs> you maniacs! You blew it up again.
1: <laughs> uh, good. So we've got subterranean civilizations, cinematic warlords, and end of the world movies. That should be a good list for next week. I'm very excited about it, and uh, uh, hopefully, we've once again made andy proud sure
2: hope so that's what it's all about andy that's we're what it's doing this for about. you yes
1: <laughs> that's right uh thanks steve what's the next thing you're gonna go see
2: i i don't know i i'm intrigued with with many things but i'm i'm catching up on tv shows and i got i got hooked into um on hulu Dirk Gently's holistic, holistic Detective Agency there's only which is
1: amazing.
2: So we finished the first season we are about halfway through the second season and it's a Saturday where it's just you know you can spend 4 hours getting through a bunch of episodes and finishing that off. I I'm, I'm not enjoying the second season as much as I did the first season, but I also know everything <laughs> holistically comes together at the end. So I'm I'm very interested to see how they tie all of this together because it's bonkers and it's just really enjoyable. So that's probably what I'm going to be doing today.
1: I, uh, now that everybody's back in town, I need to finish, uh, the, the, f- uh, first season of Cloak and Dagger. Oh, okay. Uh, which we've been watching diligently, and the Magicians I already mentioned. Um, and so, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit mired in TV land now while I sort of finish some of these things. Well, but, uh,
2: we've got to do it because Andy doesn't watch TV. So exactly, we've got to... you know, we're doing it because he won't. That's right. That's again, right. Andy, we're doing it for you. Again, well, it's all comes
1: back to Andy. All right, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for a good chat this morning. Hondo. Andy, according to my friend internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you To tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch
0: movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand, I clone lists from other people, I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching, all sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool.
1: Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is
0: this? We love Letterboxd, and if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service.
1: Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.